Hey bloggers, today we're going to talk about eight principles that will help you master your sales strategy. The other day I shared with you our B2B newsletter strategy, why we do it, and some ideas about what to include in that newsletter if you wanted to take it on. And I've gotten such amazing feedback from that podcast. Many of you looking to amp up your sales efforts, start a B2B newsletter, and I'm thrilled to hear that. So I wanted to follow that up today uh, with these eight principles, eight things that really helped us make a difference in how we were able to work with brands. My name is Leslie Peterson, and I help bloggers turn their modest websites into thriving online enterprises with SEO, email marketing, and a little hard love encouragement to always move forward consistently and with a plan. In 2017, the blog was fairly new still. I was working with my business partner, Sue Rodman, at the time, and we were really trying to come up with some unique ways to work with brands to make the sales process easier on us, but more uh, valuable to our clients. So I was reading every book I could get my hand on, and there were two books that I read that made a huge impact on me. I'll link to them in the show notes below. But the first one is Badass Your Brand by Pia Silva. And the second one was Win Without Pitching by Blair Enns. Now, before you run out and buy those books and read them, and I, I do if I do recommend you read them. They're fantastic. But I want to let you know up front, they're not designed for bloggers. They're actually books for agency owners, consulting agencies, or advertising agencies, specifically smaller agencies. But they had such amazing insight into the sales process that I took off my spectacles and put on my blogger lens and, you know, reread them, actually reread both of them from that perspective of being a blog owner and um, made careful attention of what I could glean, what I could apply to that, to our industry uh, based on what I learned about the, 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 Uh, agency space. So I do, again, I recommend you read those books. They're fantastic books. Just know that you're going to have to uh, put on a different pair of glasses when you read them. But let's go over the eight principles that I took away from those books that we began applying almost immediately and that are still important strategic principles for the sales processes that we have in place today. The first one, be specific, niche down. Many of you have already done this. Many of you do this well. And and if I'm honest, at the time we had already niched down. In fact, we were getting flack from other bloggers in the space about how much we had niched down. Oh, they don't, I don't think that's so smart, Leslie. Um, But we stuck to our guns. And I recommend that if you are having an issue with selling, that you look about how you can niche down. Now, there could be 112 other components about why you're having an issue, including just the market in general. But it begins by, or or I should say, the, the process of being able to sell successfully begins by being able to identify clearly the specific target audience that you serve. And it needs to be a very specific target audience in order to 
win somebody's money out of their wallet. People have to know exactly who you're talking to and make sure that it matches with who, wh- what their, their advertising demographic is for that specific time. So a lot of bloggers today are doing a better job at this, quite frankly. They're really getting specific about their target market. But I know back in the day, people were just travel bloggers or just food bloggers or just parenting bloggers because there wasn't as much competition and niching down wasn't as important. But it is extremely important today. So if you're getting started in the blogging world, think about how you can niche down. If you've been around for a while, think about how you can niche down. That's number one, be specific. Number two, be yourself. And when I say be yourself, I mean be yourself unapologetically. How many syllables is that? So for many of us, that means using our own voice in the way that we present our content to the world or aligning our values with the videos that we share on, you know, on Reels uh, on Instagram or on TikTok. What I'm talking about here is a little different. I mean, go bold, be different with the products or service offerings that you have. And the way that you're different, the way that you're bold is by really leveraging what your special skill set is, the very special way that you bring value to your customers. I'm going to share with you what I mean. I have an inst. I do not have a TikTok. I think I do have a TikTok account. I just haven't opened it in a million years. I have an Instagram. It's not very big and we don't have a lot of engaged people there, although I do post periodically because the thing I want to focus on for my customers is the thing that I do best, and that's SEO and email marketing. And I'm not saying that is the best for everybody. I'm saying that is the best for me. That's what, where my skill set lies. That's where, um, that's where we bring value. That's where we bring visibility. And that's where if somebody wants to work with us, that's really where they're going to find value. So I'm not going to put a package together that includes Instagram Reels or that that I should say that highlights Instagram Reels. Now people still want Instagram and we have packages that include uh, having an Instagram Reel, but that's not the focus. That's not that's not the unapologetic Leslie that uh, three, that that our brand brings to the table. So think about what yours is. And even if it's not exactly what everybody's after, what the shiny thing is, like, again, like TikTok reels, don't back down. Make sure you have a marketing message wrapped around your special skill and don't try to be something else. Bring that to the table. Now, it's harder for us to get deals because we don't have a huge TikTok following, but I know the deals that we get the brands that we work with, the people who come to us, they are getting exactly what I promised them. And they know that upfront. And they're actually the people who are seeking that value. So they're happier in the end. I'm happier in the end. And it makes me feel good because it's exactly who I am. I don't have to put on any other disguises. I know I'm being myself unapologetically when it comes to the services that we offer. Number three, be purposeful when you're pricing. For many, many years, 
we were not charging what we were worth. I think the reason is because we were trying to compete on pricing. There was there's a another blog in our space that delivers much of the same content. I'd say there's a quite a bit of overlap, although they have a significantly larger focus on kids and and kids who are younger than than ours. Uh, but they they price so low. They price so low. And I felt like, God, we always had to try to match that. And one day, I just, you know, after reading these books, after having a chat with Sue, we said, we're not going to do that anymore. We're not going to compete on price. We're going to compete on value. And when we did that, it was a game changer. Did we have as many contracts as they have? I don't think so. I think they probably had a lot more. But I think that knowing who they, I mean, it's obvious who they're contracting with because you can see it on the on the blog and on the newsletter, what they were charging and the number of contracts they had still didn't allow them to make as much money as we were making in that area because we were charging more. We were being pickier. We were deciding that quantity wasn't the answer, that that competing on value was the answer, charging what we were worth was the answer. And having fewer people pay more money allowed us to deliver even greater value because we could really focus on those customers. We could do a little extra something special for them. We could work on new ideas with them. We could really bring those customers more value because because we were charging more. So that's the third thing. So number one, be specific, niche down. Number two, be yourself unapologetically. Number three, be purposeful with your pricing. Charge what you're worth. Number four goes in line with that. Bet on quality over quantity. So this time though, I'm not just talking about the number of clients that you get because you're charging more money, but I'm talking about the services that you offer. You want to focus on high quality clients, high quality projects, innovation in your space. And that's going to require you to call down the number of services that you offer. Find a few that are amazing and make them even better. Make them exceptional. Here's how that looks for us, what that looked like. We examined all the people that we had talked to, clients and prospects that we hadn't worked with because we'd lost the deal or we turned down the deal. And we said, what are the primary objectives for these people in general? So for our hyperlocal space, it involved these people, there was some value in just being seen on our site, which is amazing. I, I can't believe this is the case. But some people were just like, well, we're not on your site. We need to be on your site. Okay, that's number one. Number two, they had events or date-related um, marketing objectives. So a festival was coming up or a, an event was happening in their space and they wanted to share that. And then number three, they wanted to promote their business in some sort of special way. Not just, oh, here's a hotel or here's a restaurant or here's a destination, but they had a special objective in mind. This is for date nights or this is for people with 
kids. We're trying to really push this angle from a an advertising or marketing perspective. So those are the three things that we saw. And you know what we did? We developed three products, three product packages that addressed each of those. And that's how we sold it. So of course, people could cross over. Well, I have a date event, but I also want to do this other thing with you. Okay, that's awesome. But the conversation started with, well, what's your marketing objective? What are you after? What are you looking, you know, what, what, how did this uh, money get approved? What, what's the goal? What's the mission? And the first package was just, a, you know, a blog post or two or three said that there's a topic cluster um, on our site. And that was probably the most expensive one. Number two, events. Well, we write primarily evergreen content. So we created an entire newsletter product. There's a couple different components of it. And it includes social, uh, but the the primary driver there is the newsletter product to help p- drive um, eyeballs to events or time based, date based uh, information. And then number three, promoting their business in a specific way. Well, we used featured listings to do that. And if you're if featured listings is a new term for you, I just recently did a podcast on why they are so valuable. I hope you'll check that out. I'll put a link to that in the show notes also. But those were the three products we have. So people come in and they're like, well, we want to do this and we want to do that and we want to do this. And we're like, no, we don't do that. We are we know exactly what we're good at. And that's what we're going to offer you. The best of who we are. We know that when we focus on just those things, that date specific information, that Offering a, a new perspective on a place or a, you know a destination or a hotel or whatever, and then just getting people on our site. We know that if we just have those three product offerings, that we can do, we can take all of our energy into making those the most amazing product offerings year after year after year. We do just something extra special to grow them, to make them better, to improve them. We know that. We know exactly what they're worth, what the price point is for those. And we know that when we make that deal, that we can make our customer happy, that we can provide value for them, that we can, you know, trying to, we want to try to knock their socks off. That's our goal every single time. But at the same time, we want to be respected. We want to be valued. And the only way that we can do that is by charging the right price. So that's number four, bet on quality over quantity. If you have 15 different service offerings, call them down, pare them down. What are the primary reasons that somebody comes to you? Not because they want to buy access into your newsletter. What, why do they want to buy access into your newsletter? What are they after? What is their objective? Call those down to just a small number of offerings and then kick ass on those offerings. Okay, number five, boundaries matter. You've got to say no when it's necessary. You don't want to take every client. You don't want to take every project. You want to uh, only work with those clients that align with your brand that you feel extremely comfortable about in um, sharing those, those people with your readers. And people who understand your special sauce, your unapologetic you. 
you want to make sure that when the contract's over, that they're happy with what they got. And if if I'm an SEO newsletter kind of girl and somebody comes to me because they're expecting click-throughs on TikTok, they're going to be devastated, even if they're willing to buy from me, even if they went and looked at my TikTok account, saw what I offer and still wanted to write me a check. In the end, I'm going to be embarrassed and they're not going to be happy. So what is that super special secret sauce that's unapologetically you? That's number two. Don't forget that. And when anything steps out of line of that, outside of that, you're going to have to say no. And it's scary to say no because you don't know if they're going to ever come back to you. You don't know if they're going to be angry with you. You don't know if they're going to tell somebody else, another PR friend that you weren't fun to work with. You don't know what it's going to be like next week when you turn down that revenue and is other revenue going to come at you. But I can tell you this from experience. When you learn to say no, it opens up so many doors. The universe goes, thank you for making room for the yeses. And it might take a little bit of time. And I know it's scary. I know it's scary. I know that when you don't have a check coming in that week, it's scary. But you can't get the right things if all your time and effort is filled with the wrong things. You've got to empty your cup and trust the universe to fill it up abundantly when you follow these principles. Okay, I'm going to move on to number six, build strong relationships. First of all, if you haven't listened to the Be To Be newsletter episode, go listen to that. That is a great way to foster those long-term connections with your clients and your prospects. You're, this is a term that I hear all the time, and I think it's true. Your network is worth, is, is, I'm going to say that again. Your network is your net worth. So what that means is you've got to stay connected to all of the possibilities. And I think a newsletter is a fantastic way to do that. Your B2B newsletter. We talk about relationships, connection, um, all of that, a lot on this podcast and in our Facebook group when it comes to our readers and our subscribers. And that's exceptionally valuable. But you've got to think about both sides of the coin. There's your readers and there's the brand opportunities that you have and you want to build strong relationships with those. I'm not going to belabor this point because we had the B2B newsletter uh, episode just recently. I'm going to move on to number seven, boost trust with testimonials and case studies. If you can show off your successes, if you can build trust and credibility by building case studies, what worked, what didn't work? How well did it work? And then talking to some of your most uh, trusted uh, and tightest relationship clients and asking them to give you testimonials will go a long way. I know uh, I'll give you two instances. Number one, I have a fantastic client in Florida. I love her to death. I have a beautiful, what I think is a beautiful relationship with her. We talk about our kids. We talk about what's going on in the industry. We've continued to serve them for many, many years now. And anytime that she's at an event and people want to know about working with bloggers, she tells them about me. We've gotten so many clients from her referring us to them. I mean, that's, that's, uh, you can't pay for that, right? So obviously we're doing something right with her. She's not afraid to share it with other people and it's helping us in the end. 
The other example I have is about a business that came to us. They are in a specific destination. They came to us and said, you know, we're interested in working with you. What, you know, what do you do? So I told them about the featured listings and they're like, oh, okay, just kind of risky for us. I explained how, again, featured listings are the least risky thing that they could possibly do. But I said, but you know what? We work with the CBB, the tourism department, for those of you who aren't familiar with travel, in where you are. We love them. We work with them all the time. Pick up the phone, call them, ask them about us. Ask them if we're the right decision for you. And I'm sure they're going to tell you the truth. And ta-da, we signed a new featured listing because we had a relationship with that destination already. And I had no reservations about what that destination was going to say about us to that business. Because why? Because we were charging what we were worth. We didn't have an overwhelming number of clients, but we had the right number of clients that allowed us to create beautiful value-driven products that were not just good, but exceptional. And because we only have a select number of clients, because we're charging what we're worth, we are able to go above and beyond multiple times during the year. So I never have to worry about whether somebody's going to be a good reference for me or not. I don't. Because the only time I ever have to worry about it is when I said yes to somebody who I probably shouldn't have said yes to. That's when I have to worry about it. So don't do that. <laughs> okay, that's uh, boost trust with testimonials and case studies. And then the final one, brace yourself for failure. You cannot grow. You will not move to the next level if you are afraid to fail. You've got to be vulnerable. You've got to learn your lessons from your failures and you've got to get up, dust your knees off and do it again. You cannot move forward if you're afraid to fail. You just can't. And when you fail with your customers, it's hard. It's embarrassing. I've failed with my customers before. But if you have that relationship with them, if you've been working on cultivating that relationship, then you can say, I messed up or this didn't go as planned. And then you make it up to them twofold. If somebody paid $5,000 to do a project with us and I messed up, you can bet that in the way that I messed up, I'm going to make it up to them with $10,000 worth of product. And that stinks. It's hard. But it's the way that you make things right. We want to be respected and valued as bloggers, but we also want to show that respect and value to our customers. So brace yourself for, fa for failure and then do what's right when it happens and don't let that keep you from failing again, from making a mistake again, because making a mistake just means that you're moving forward. Okay, let's review those eight. Be specific, be yourself, be purposeful with your pricing, bet on the quality of your services over the quantity of your services, boundaries matter, say no when it's necessary, build strong relationships, boost trust with testimonials and case studies, embrace yourself for failure. I hope this served you. I'll talk to you again tomorrow. Hey, real quick, this is Leslie just dropping in to remind you that I have several free resources on my blog right now that I'd love you to get your hands on. Just head over to lesliepeterson.com. The link is in the show notes below and grab my free blog post update checklist. 
Or if you're on a journey to fire up your blog's email newsletter, grab my free list of 52 newsletter connection prompts. With both of those, I'll include a video about how to use them to build a solid relationship with your subscribers or work towards doubling your traffic with updates. Grab both of those at lesliepeterson.com.